Chargers rookie wide receiver Quentin Johnston has gotten off to a slow start, but for this offense to reach its full potential, him and Justin Herbert have to get on the same page quickly. You are locked on Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogmeyer. We've been covering the Chargers together now for eight seasons, but this is our sixth year as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys, as always, for making us your first listen today. To make sure you never miss the show, go subscribe or follow for free on the Lockdown Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. David, what do we got today? Today, Daniel, we get into our Chargers mailbag. So we're going to start with Quentin Johnston. Is it time for Justin Herbert to trust the rookie? Also, Justin Herbert in prime time. And should the Chargers make some trades? McCole Hardman, Dawson Knox, let's talk about it. A lot of trade talk right now for the Chargers, but... I am interested to see what this Quentin Johnson and Justin Herbert relationship keeps looking like as he becomes more and more important in this offense. But I do first have to tell you guys that today's episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Empower yourself when you purchase a Jace case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J A S E medical.com. David, we love it here, and he is leading the show today with his question about Quentin Johnston. And there's been a lot of talk about the trust between him and Justin Herbert. And I think we both think not only does Justin Herbert have to trust Quentin Johnston because, you know, they need him to and they need to get him involved, but also Quentin Johnston has to reward him for that trust. Let's hear what Atiyah has for us this week. Hi, Daniel. Hi, David. How are you, my boys? I love you. David, I got a question. I've been hearing a lot about there is a lack of trust between Herbo and QJ. I'm really concerned about this because they're going to be linked together the next five years. How important it is for Herbo to start trusting this rookie now instead of wait till next year. Let me get your thoughts on this, my baby. I love you. FDR, baby. Charge your country. Let's ride. A tear. If the charge were as good as at football as you are at voicemails, we wouldn't be having any of these. Undefeated. It'd be four and zero right now. David, what do you think? Yeah, so it's very, it's vitally important. I mean, it's very, very important that Quentin Johnson and Justin Herbert get on the same page. But it's very important that Justin Herbert gives Quentin Johnson those opportunities. But it's equally as important for Quentin Johnston to make those plays, make those catches, because that's how you're going to be able to establish that trust. And hopefully that starts in practice for both of them, because now Quentin Johnston knows he's going to be factored into the game plan. He knows he's going to play on Sundays. He's going to be a part of things. So he should be able to get into that rhythm. And that's where that trust, that's where it starts. You build that in practice, you make plays in practice, and that translates to the game. So it's very, very important that Justin Herbert trusts Quentin Johnston and for Quentin Johnston to go out there and ball out. Well, and I think, you know, the plays also have to kind of be drawn up for him. And I think they have done that to some extent, but I think it's just going to take Quentin Johnston a lot of time to be able to not just get tr- Justin Herbert to trust him, right? But you're also asking Justin Herbert to trust him more than Keenan Allen to yeah. an extent, right? More than Joshua Palmer right. to go up the trust ladder, you know, for lack of a better term, and to earn those targets. And I think one of the big things that's interesting for me is just like, 
We saw them kind of dip their toes in it last week. He got one yeah. red zone target, really tight window throw that Justin Herbert threw a fastball, right? And he wasn't super open. Goes right. incomplete. The one that hurts, I think, is the one deep third, back yeah. shoulder throw down the sideline. He goes yeah. to catch it, and Quentin Johnson tries to body catch it a little bit, right? And it ends up falling to the ground. But he did redeem himself later on, right? On that crazy Justin Herbert scramble play where yeah. somehow he didn't get sacked, somehow. The Raiders defender didn't wrap him up as, you know, Justin Herbert's helmet or elbow gets hit by the opposing helmet that he's going up against and still somehow manages to hold on to that ball. I don't even know how that's possible that the ball wasn't fumbled (laughs) or didn't come out of his hands. And then Quentin Johnson makes a nice diving catch, right? Somehow keeps the ball off the turf. The refs didn't think that it was a, you know, there's a great clean and Allen clip where he's like, hey, he caught that. And then the refs go back up to him and be like, we were wrong. You know, they thought he yeah, didn't catch it. He's fantastic. like, why are you throwing that flag from way back there on that last all-in? He's like, you, you couldn't even Keenan see Allen that. Episode, you didn't even yeah. see that catch. So yeah, uh, that was it was pretty, nice pretty that the funny. ref at least had some, uh, you know, a good sense of humor about it. Yeah. But I think they need to help him out, right? Like, the thing yeah. is that that hurts is it feels like we haven't seen Quentin Johnston catch the ball with a full yeah. head of steam. Yeah, like where he's catching problem. it and going, right? And he's already running full speed. It feels like we haven't seen that very much. If Justin Herbert's able to put that ball on the run, on the money, yeah, he probably is running for a long time. But that's what you brought him in for, right? So I think getting him in those situations, maybe warming him up with a couple of wide receiver screens so we can actually see that yak ability. I think that's how you can start building some trust early on in games. Give him some easy catches so that later on he's trusted a little bit more. Give him some opportunities. I I, I love the, uh, the idea of getting guys in rhythm. And with Quentin Johnston, you know what he brings to the table. It's that yards after catch ability. Get him opportunities to go out there and shine. Get him opportunities where he can get a couple of blockers in front of him and he can go do what he does best. We haven't really seen that yet in a Chargers uniform. We saw it scattered all over his TCU tape, Daniel. It is there. The playmaking ability is there. You just got to put him in those situations for him to succeed. Hopefully, the Chargers took some time over this bye week to figure out how to feature Quentin Johnston. Yeah, that you know that was one of the things Brandon Saylor brought up is you know how can we use players differently than we have in the first month of the season? How do we get these younger players more involved? We should see that against the Dallas Cowboys. And I mean, once you can actually make him a threat on those wide receiver screens and plays like that, yeah. then you can open up those double moves, right? You can open up yeah. those fake screen passes where you're hitting players down the field a little bit more. All of those things can kind of be built into it. But build some confidence for the young kid. And I think, you know, if you look at his numbers so far, like he's been doing a pretty good job. He's been getting open according to the metrics at a very good rate. Yeah. So Justin Herbert just has to put the ball on him and he has to take advantage of what opportunities he has because, hey, you have a drop early, you have a second drop, right? It's going to be very hard for him to target you in clutch moments. But the guy he targeted last week in a clutch moment was Josh Palmer, and Alvin has a question for us this week. Has Joshua Palmer done anything to keep the wide wide receiver two spot? So it's an interesting question, David. I think you could look at it a few different ways, but like right now no one's really done anything, at least on the team as it's constituted right now, to take it away from him. Yeah, absolutely not. I mean, who is the wide receiver, too, if it's not Josh Palmer? I mean, yeah, it is. A- a- answer that question for me, right? So the first couple weeks, I understand. He didn't, not a lot of production. One catch for four yards, three catches for 13 yards. But then he starts to get in a rhythm, and he starts to make some plays. Against the Minnesota Vikings, four for 66, had a 30-yard touchdown. A big, big play. Yeah, go-ahead touchdown in the fourth yeah, quarter. Exactly. Go-ahead touchdown there. Big, big score there. And then against the Raiders, it's it's literally the game sealer. It's yeah. He goes out there, catches that 51-yard bomb, and and calls game. Like, that's it. It, it doesn't get much more clutch than that. So he, when 
Justin Herbert needs to make a play. He feels confident that Joshua Palmer is going to go make the catch and go make that play for him. So right now he is the wide receiver too, and he's made a couple of plays in back-to-back games to show you why he deserves to be that. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, if you're talking about how he compares to other people in those same roles, like I think he probably is a you know borderline wide receiver two, wide receiver three. Like I yeah. think if Quentin Johnson were to take off and make Josh Palmer your wide receiver three on this team, great. that would be great. Yeah. But I do think that Josh Palmer, you know, there's a story. I think Keenan Allen said that, you know, he came up to the huddle and said, meet me down there because he was so confident that he was going to make that play. He made a great yeah. move off the line of scrimmage, ran a great route, ended up getting a big play. And I think, you know, he's not super flashy, which is I know what Alvin wants. He wants a faster, more explosive right. guy. Yes. I think that's fine, especially going forward. Like, I think going forward, if this was the long-term option for wide receiver two for Justin Herbert, I don't love it. Like, I think yeah. you're hoping you'd get better out of it, and we will see what he can turn into with another increased role this year. Yeah. But I understand wanting more of that going forward. I think for now, yeah, I think he's a fine wide receiver too. I think he showed over the last couple of years, especially last year, forced into a wide receiver run role that like yeah. he's a, a capable NFL starting receiver, right? And we've seen much worse. I just think you have to talk about how he fits in with the other guys. I think him, Quentin Johnston, Keenan Allen, that's not a poor fitting unit. Like I think no. those guys do what each of the other one doesn't do well. So I think that's yeah. not not a bad trio right there if they can all get on the same page. But we have more fan mail questions to get into coming up right after this, including what secrets has Kellen Moore shown this Chargers offense about Dan Quinn's defense? Is that more important than what Dan Quinn knows about Kellen Moore's offense? We're going to talk about that and much more coming up right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys that our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Lockdown Fantasy Football host Vinny Iyer to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week, all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we're going to provide you players that are a guaranteed fit on your roster. So let's see who Vinny has picked out for us on this week's eBay's Guaranteed Fit Fantasy Picks of the Week. Matthew Stafford, one of the Chargers' cross-town rivals, has been passing a ton all season long for the Rams, but recorded his first two-touchdown game of the season only in Week 5 against the Eagles. With Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, and Tutu Atwell all healthy, together as his clear top three wideouts, he will go to work with an even bigger game at home against the Cardinals' pass defense. Sean McVay has his veteran quarterback rolling, and Stafford won't disappoint in Week 6. With his young wide receivers balling to help Cooper Cup, Stafford has quickly become a rejuvenated fantasy asset for 2023 that should have more big days ahead. And very importantly, always in these conversations, doesn't play against the Chargers this season. So we don't have to worry about the Chargers being the reason for Matthew Stafford's fantasy renaissance, right? I love that. Hey, I like what they have going on there in the passing attack. They have obviously some other big issues there. But Vinny Iyer from Locked On Fantasy Football is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit and it's the same with your vehicle. I mean, you can have a Lamborghini, right? If you don't have any brakes, what good is that? You know, you're only as important as your, you know, the weakest link, as they say. Your fantasy team is the same as your car. If you have a couple of really bad players and you can't make the right picks in season to kind of fortify your team, you're probably not going to win a championship. But with eBay Motors, over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die. You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, as a tier would say, eBay Motors has it. Every time in the guaranteed fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebay.com slash motors. eBay guaranteed fit only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
David, let's continue this Chargers mailbag here and get to a question from Greyhind on Twitter who asks, what team benefits more from Kellen Moore's familiarity with Dallas? Kellen Moore's offense going up against Dan Quinn and the Dallas defense or the Dallas defense against Kellen Moore's offense? I think there's a lot of different ways you could look at this, David. I know we know that NFL teams are using former coaches and former players to try to get as much insight as they can all the time. Where would you lean on this one? Yeah, I mean, when I looked at this this question here, I thought that Kellen Moore and the Chargers ha- have the advantage here because Dan Quinn has been the defensive coordinator for the Dallas Cowboys for the past couple of seasons, since 2021. So that defensive unit hasn't changed a whole lot. A lot yeah. of those players are still there in place. So he understands that defense. He saw it. He went up against it multiple times th- through the last couple of years. And for Kellen Moore, Kellen Moore is coming to a new team with a new quarterback with new weapons. And I think Kellen Moore has illustrated throughout his time as an offensive coordinator that he knows how to get the most out of the weapons that are in front of him. And he's able to adjust to what his players are capable of doing. So I feel like that information is more valuable to the Chargers than it is for the Cowboys. Yeah, and it's going to be really hard to parse, right, And once sure. the game starts. But I think what you're basically saying is just this. Like, Kellen Moore is conceivably running a different offense than yeah. he was in Dallas, right? And, and a, an offense that's not under the thumb, as you put it earlier when we were talking, of Mike yeah. McCarthy. No right. Mike McCarthy influences. Whereas Dan Quinn is running probably the same offense or same defense he's been running with over the last couple of seasons. So from that yep. point... I totally get it. I mean, one of the things I think that Dan Quinn is going to have on Kellen Moore is knowing what his protection packages are, right? Something that we've seen the Chargers struggle with this season, especially late in games, is just how they're going to protect, how they're going to line up against what they think the defensive you know, personnel is going to call in that situation. Yeah. That's been a struggle for the Chargers already. Now you have Dan Quinn, who... By all accounts, is a very, very good defensive coordinator, right? Obviously, the San Francisco game notwithstanding, just because that was a blowout. But like in most weeks, it feels like they have a pretty good game plan. They've had one of the best defenses in the NFL over the last couple of seasons. And he also has Kellen Moore. I think the hard thing is, is like if the Chargers' offense doesn't do good, I don't think it's because Dan Quinn knows all of Kellen Moore's secrets or vice versa. Like I think the familiarity that Kellen Moore has to going up against those specific players, right? Like he did every single day. Dan Quinn isn't going against the Chargers players every day, right? Kellen Moore has lived it going up against Dan Quinn's players, most of them, and that defense every day. So you'd like to think he would be able, especially on a bye week, put together a very good game plan of how to attack it, even though they have a guy named Micah Parsons who can kind of throw game plans out the window and kind of just be a game wrecker. Yes, he can. Let's get to the next question here from Bolts Galaxy US. Even though Justin has proven to us fans how special he is, does it get you excited to know that he gets to show off that arm on prime time this week for everyone to see? Sometimes I feel like he has to remind the doubters, David. Absolutely. I love seeing Justin Herbert on primetime. Primetime Herbo. Yeah, absolutely. I I love it. And especially because, yes, I do live in Texas. I have lived in Texas for the last 11 years since I got stationed here in 2012. So absolutely. I want nothing more than the Chargers to straight up beat the brakes off of the Cowboys. I want to see nobody come into my T-Mobile store with any Dallas Cowboys gear (laughs) on Tuesday through Saturday of next week because they got whooped by the Chargers. And, hey, Justin Herbert definitely loves playing on 
prime time. Okay, a couple of great performances in the past where you know he threw 382 yards against the Steelers while also rushing for 90 yards. That was one of his better games, definitely. And then of Ever, course yeah. last year against the the Miami Dolphins, the Herbert versus Tua game where Herbert dominated throughout that football game and looked fantastic. Yeah, but. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I want to see Justin Herbert on primetime, uh, and I want to see the Chargers on primetime, and I want everyone around the world to see the Chargers on primetime. Yeah, I think last year was kind of a mixed bag because especially the rib injury, right? And I yeah. think that affected some of those primetime performances, Definitely. you know. But, yeah, he had 367 and a touchdown against the Dolphins, 334 and three touchdowns and 280 and two touchdowns in two primetime games against the Chiefs last season. So he showed up for both of those two interceptions combined in those games, too. You know, 238 and no touchdowns against the Broncos when he was obviously hurt. 196 and one touchdown against the 49ers in a game that they were totally outmatched, right, yeah. defensively going up against their offense. And still I, held I hope, in it. Yeah. Well, the other big thing about this is, like, it's a double-edged sword because what you don't want <laughs> is for Justin Herbert to go out there and have a bad game oh, yeah. and have all the Justin Herbert trolls and haters out there oh, hold no. this game up and be like, look, See, I told you he's not good. And like, yeah. it works both ways. It does. And those same people will minimize it if he does go out there and have Always. a really good game. Yeah, moving so the goalposts. It, it is a double-edged sword, you know, but anytime, you know, the world gets to see Justin Herbert, you know, that that is good for football. He is one of the most exciting young players in the game. I'm excited to see him under the bright lights while also being nervous because I think the Cowboys are one of those teams that are kind of like the Patriots as far as non-divisional opponents. You really really want the chargers to be even in, in california and san diego i have <laughs> dallas cowboy friends so it's like I, they're I don't everywhere those bragging rights held over my head because i have to watch the chargers every week so let's get to this next one here from bolt up andrew who asks do you think the tight ends mainly gerald everett will have a bigger role against the cowboys micah parsons and company will be pressuring herbert quickly and stefan gilmore will likely be shadowing keenan allen Leighton Van Der Esch will also likely miss this game. So, David, I think it's a good question, and it does kind of feel like we're overdue for a big Gerald Everett game. Yes, please. I've been pounding the table to get Gerald Everett the football more, get him more involved in the game plan. Hmm. Literally every single time he has the ball in his hands, you have to fight that man to get him on the ground. Like, he is dragging people. Yeah. Every single time he's got the ball, he is getting yards after contact, getting yards after catch. And, you, you know, you're not going to get him down by yourself. It's impossible. It just, you know, if it's one-on-one, -on -one, forget about it. He's yeah. going to run right through your tackle. So getting him the ball more often, getting him all, the ball over the middle of the field when you know there's going to be a ton of attention paid to Keenan Allen is only going to benefit Keenan Allen and every other receiver on this team. So, yes, I hope Gerald Everett is highly involved in the game plan against the Dallas Cowboys because he's a guy that can move the ball down the field. He can, you know, and I mean, I, I love Gerald Everett. I mean, I remember when they first brought him in, right? And that, I was the one that started, you have to fight him to get yeah. him down, right? I said, hey, watching this guy, it looks like every time he gets the ball, it's a street fight. You know, we've had it is. times in the Chargers uniforms where we've seen like six guys trying to bring him down at once I love and it. he's still there keeping the legs churning. And, I mean, I like Gerald Everett a lot. And he's also a great fit for that, right? Like, he's yes. a great fit for get the ball out of your hands and let him work after the catch. If you can get him, you know, similarly to what we talked about with Quentin Johnson, get yeah. him on the run, let him run around. Last week, you saw the creativity, right, going a little bit behind the, you know, first down marker, and you're like, you better get that first down, but he creates a bigger play out of it. I like Gerald Everett. I think they should get him more involved offensively, especially with kind of the woes that we've seen. But yeah. hopefully some of those things are alleviated with someone like Austin Eckler coming out of the backfields. If you see Hallelujah. him in the flats... It's not as easy to stick to the middle, right? Because he takes up a lot of attention that way and opens things up for guys like Keenan Allen. And hopefully 
Gerald Everett in this situation. And we'll see if Donald Parham can come back too. You know, it was a sprained wrist. He's out of practice in a limited capacity so far this week. Can't wait to get that guy back in the lineup. I'm just glad that his injury isn't more serious. But we still have more to talk about. A lot of people want speed on this Chargers defense or offense, I should say. They always want speed. We've wanted speed. But I'm going to tell you why I don't really want McCole Hardman. So we're going to talk about that coming up in other trades right after this. First, though, I need to tell you guys about Jace Medical, and this is something that's important because everyone should feel empowered to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace Case. The Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency situation. Jace Medical makes sure you have medication in hand when you need it most. I mean, Jace Case... Is something that you don't know you need it until you need it, right? And it's always, if you, what's better, David? If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready is what they say, right? So make sure you're staying prepared with Jay's case. And I mean, I have a lot of family members that rely on very important medication on the daily. So thinking about a situation, whether it's a blackout, whether it's an earthquake, whatever the case may be, something bad happens. Not having access to things you need is something that really scares me, especially as you see more natural disasters and things like that happen. And Jay's case the Jace case from Jace Medical is super simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. And right now, you can save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using the code Locked On at checkout. JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. Promo code Locked On. Let's keep going with these Chargers mailbag, David. And a lot of people are asking about trades for the Chargers. And I get it because it's the bye week. If they were going to trade for someone, we would have already seen it by now, at least in this era, right? Like yeah. this area of the season. The bye week's not for, or the trade deadline's not for a few more weeks, right? So it does, nothing has to happen for them this week. At the same time, I understand why people want to see the Chargers at a 2-2 two and two season, right? In a season that you feel like a playoff win, not just getting there is the expectation, to add to this team. So let's get to this question from Hibbler here on Twitter who asks, should the Chargers reach out to the Jets and inquire about McCole Hardman? And also, what do you think of a Joey Bosa trade to the 49ers for George Kittle? Chargers aren't going to trade Joey Bosa for anyone. They're not going to trade Joey Bosa for George Kittle, even though, yeah, of course, in theory, George Kittle would be a great fit on the Chargers offense, a guy who can block and run. But also because, you know, injury baggage and things like that as well. Yeah. But the financials don't make sense. No. And, I mean, the 49ers, I don't think, you know, want are trying to bring on Joey Bosa's contract either. Even no, they can't. It would be nice if they, him and his brother could play together. I wish that would happen in Los Angeles more than anything, but yeah. I don't want to see it in San Francisco. So, let's start. No. Let's go to the McCole Hardman thing, David. And I understand why people want him, right? Low 4-3 guy, speed to stretch the field. My problem is I just don't think McCole Hardman's a very good football player. Like, obviously, we've seen him a lot. And the Chargers games against the Chiefs, it feels like he was underwhelming as a second-round pick and never really could put it all together in Kansas City, a place where you know Andy Reid is kind of getting the most out of those players. Like we talked about with the Patriots and not taking their guys because it's like they're getting the absolute most out of them, Yeah, a la a J.C. Jackson. Feels like with the Chiefs, it's kind of a similar thing where it's like it's hard for me to imagine unless you're Tyreek Hill and literally just can go nuts anywhere. Yeah. that you're going to just find something you didn't find with the Chiefs with the Chargers. He'd be coming in as obviously not the primary option, but to me, I just don't think he's very good. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I get it. I understand. I mean, there's some things to like about it when you're talking about McCall Hardman. He's 25 years old. The contract is very affordable. It's only 1.08, you know, 80 million basically. Which so, is what they know. would take on, right? Not, right. Yeah, I think it's like a four million dollar contract is what he signed originally. Yes, but you know they only take on the base salary, so and that's you know just over a million bucks. So that's that's not much at all. Right. The other part of this equation is is we don't know what's up with Jalen Guyton. We don't know what his you know status is. I mean, he's the true burner on this team. Like, I mean, that's that's his role here. So if he's ready to come back, and I mean, I think that's the the guy you want to be that burner on your on your football team. Yeah. And also, I mean, uh, is it the Andy Reid effect? Is it the Patrick Mahomes effect? He's gotten absolutely nothing <laughs> with the Jets. One catch for six yards. Yeah. He's just not been used. So I don't know. You know, like you said, if he is, a, you know, a good good football player. I mean, that's definitely up for debate. He was in a great system with a, a great quarterback and a, a fantastic offensive mind, one of the best in NFL history. So who knows how effective McCole Hardman really is? Yeah, it just doesn't seem like he's been as explosive as he was the first couple of years. I mean, the first year he averaged 20 yards per catch, and it was like, yeah. okay, that's kind of what you expect a guy who's running a 4-3-3, right, to be doing on your team. Right. But he's only had one season where he's averaged thirteen point more than 13.7 yards per catch. So it's not like he's just been a, an explosive big play receiver year in and year out. Last season, obviously, in the limited season where he tore his groin, which I think is another concern about the explosiveness, <laughs> right? Yeah. He had five catches of 20-plus yards and zero catches of 40-plus yards. Where, and you know, from 19 to 21, he had seven 40 plus yard catches. So he was more of an option, but it feels like he's a guy that has a couple big catches and he's really fast for a couple plays. But what are you getting from him the other times when he's out there and, and not putting up that kind of production? I think right. he does stretch the field and that definitely helps your offense a little bit. But I just, I don't know how much better the Chargers get with McCall Hardman. I think he's fast for sure, but I think he's one of those guys where you're like, that's why speed isn't everything. Cause I just yeah. don't necessarily think he's a good receiver. I think he's a fast receiver. I'm just not convinced he's kind of one-dimensional. Yeah, yeah. But another trade offered we have here, David, from six one nine Shaggy, who asks, should the Chargers trade for tight end Dawson Knox from the Buffalo Bills? What do you think about this one? Yeah, I mean, big, big contract here. I mean, they they, they signed him to a per, uh, pretty big deal. Uh, you know, the the Buffalo Bills did four years, fifty five million. So yeah, like, there, there's a lot of money there. I mean, that's thirteen million on average. Looking at what the Chargers would take on if they traded for him, the base salary is actually very affordable. It's only one point nine five five million this year and four point nine million next year. So that that's you know that's not bad as far as money is concerned. The Chargers can definitely make that work. But I don't know how much more. Uh, like um, explosive or you know how much better he is than Gerald Everett or Donald Parham is I mean he's been solid I mean he's been a guy who the last couple of years has had you know 45 plus catches but I mean he's not you know a particularly great you know run blocker he's not I mean he's a pretty decent pass pass protector uh, according to PFF he's a fine blocker he's, yeah, he's got special. grades in the, in the 60s but I don't know if he's enough of a playmaker uh, enough of a difference maker for me to want to go out there and and trade you know what would probably have to be at least a mid-round pick to be able to get that done uh, I don't know if he's done enough or has made enough plays for me to justify that that move yeah I, I mean I think He's fine. Like, I, I don't think he's tight end one for the Chargers going into the future. First of all, I mean, the Bills would, would want to have to trade him, which yeah, they're one of the best teams in the NFL. I don't know right. why, why they would, would want to do that at yeah. this point. Uh, I mean, the Bills did just draft Dalton Kincaid, but I think Dawson Knox is a second receiver, at least right now. I don't think they would make that move in season, even though in later years you'll probably have to take a look at that since you have another sure. first-round pick in Dalton Kincaid. So far this year, not super involved. Also has three drops already this year. His career... 13 and a half drop percentage worries me a little bit. 
for you know comparison, Gerald Everett's at seven point two, so has twice as many drops on you know per per target basis yeah. than Gerald Everett has in his career. But yeah, ninety seven touchdowns, ninety seven catches, eleven hundred and four yards, and fifteen touchdowns over the last two seasons is nothing to sneeze at. I'm not going to say yeah, I love the Donald Parham yeah. is better than that, right? Because no. he hasn't been, he hasn't been able right. to steal on the field. No, no, of course not. Three fourteen plus million dollar cap hits from twenty four to twenty six, but the Chargers would basically be paying four, a little over four, and then nine and ten. But the nice thing is, is the Chargers could get rid of him for no money after the twenty twenty three season if it didn't yeah. work out. Zero guaranteed dollars in that contract after twenty twenty three. Just like the Patriots can get rid of JC Jackson if it doesn't work out, the Chargers would be able to do that with Dawson Knox. I, I mean, I don't think it moves the needle. I think he's fine. He's a very good tight end, too, I would say for sure. I mean, I think, you know, with what Kellen Moore has done in the past with two tight end sets, maybe that's something he would want to look into. I don't know. I, I just don't think it moves the needle too much. Devin from L.A., we're not going to have time to get in your voicemail. We wanted to. He was asking if we would like Riverboat Ron Rivera to be the Chargers head coach if Brandon Daly is to be let go. I think we're both passing on that, David. I mean, Ron Rivera loved his time in the Chargers as defensive coordinator, you know, 193 record overall, right? 100 wins, 93 losses, 24 and 30 over the last five, three plus seasons. And most importantly, if your name's Riverboat Ron and you're playing the Philadelphia Eagles and you have a chance to go for a two point conversion to win that game with an obviously worse team, go do it. I mean, yes. they did beat the Eagles last season and they deserve credit. But I think what he was saying is hey, they're always competitive, they always fight hard. You're hoping for a little bit more than that, I think, with Justin Herbert's head coach next time after Brandon Staley. And most importantly, like me and David talked about, you want an offensive-minded head Offense. coach. You yes. want somebody that you're not afraid is going to be poached away. The Chargers have tried the defensive coach thing. They tried just the leadership guy with Anthony Lynn. Getting the next you know, good offensive coordinator, offensive mind as your head coach is very hard to do. But that's what you would prefer if you had an option. But that's going to wrap things up for today's show. Make sure you're back here tomorrow. Locked on Chargers. Locked on Cowboys. Crossover Thursday with me and Marcus Mosher, one of the biggest you know, host on the Locked On Podcast Network for sure. To make sure you guys don't miss it, go subscribe or follow for free on the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and listen wherever you get your podcast from. You're especially going to want to do that because we have a special interview with a certain Chargers rookie planned at the end of the week. The subtext people know. Make sure you guys are here for that and you can find the show every day on our social media. You can find us on Twitter at Lockdown LAC. You can find me at Dan Talk Sports and David Drogemeyer at Drotalk Steve. Make sure you guys are back here tomorrow for Crossover Thursday. We're super excited about it, but until then, until getting into that Kelwin Moore revenge game, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.